It's like I also watched the movie Past Lives and they were talking about this concept that like everyone, like even a stranger that brushes past you on the street, you have had like a past life with them or like some connection with them too. Ooh, that's and, like, what is I this don't know. Past, past Lives. lives. Oh, I should watch it. That sounds it's like deep. a really good film. I like it. Wait, who's leading? Who's uh, going to do the leading? It's like a collective. Who's initiating leading. the welcome? I can initiate. So um, since I did the outline. Let's do it. Huh? Go for it. Hello. Hello, dear listeners. I can't believe it, but somehow we have reached the season finale. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But basically, all to say is we're now, we've now reached the last episode. And this is, um, for our dear listeners, this is Ha, by the way. And I am in the virtual studio with Mariam and Lean. We are actually recording across three different time zones from like across the U.S., from like Pacific time to Eastern time. So what a treat. What a treat. No surprise there. I'm actually in your time zone, huh? Oh, well then. <laughs> JK. JK. You took away the excitement, Lee. <laughs> I know. My bad. My bad. Just, you know, trying to be honest with our listeners here. Just trying to be honest to our listeners here. It's important things that matter, you know? Yeah. Um, and we, for this final episode of the season, Miriam, Lean, and I are the ones who are closing the season out because Harjeet, Lena, and Margot started off opening the season. So we kind of wanted to do a fancy schmancy book ending sort of deal because we be like artistic like that. Yeah. We're so creative. Yeah. So creative. <laughs> Put us in a museum already. You guys, are we like the three most awkward ones? Like We are. <laughs> I feel like the the Ako the tacos is how likes to say yes Ako taco oh Ako-taco. perfect I'm glad <laughs> um so anyways I was thinking back to my trip to Spain um back when I was still a fourth year medical student and hadn't started residency yet and in Spain there was a point where we were in Barcelona and it kind of became a tour of the architecture by. Antoni Gotti, um, because we went to Parc de Gaulle and then we went to one of his like buildings. And then we also went to the place that he's most well known, like probably for is La Sagrada Familia, um, which is for people who haven't heard about it is this really like massive cathedral structure in Spain that actually still isn't finished. It's still getting built as we speak right now. And there's still like a lot more like that they're adding to it. And when I was there, we toured through the museum that talked a little bit about the history of La Sagrada Familia. And one of the things that really struck out to me was that when Gaudi built it, the way that he did his molds, the way that he did his notes, it was really like built with this understanding that even though he started it, he might not be the one to finish it. And that other architects would continue to really build off of his original framework. And I thought that was pretty poignant because I think when a lot of times when we think about like architects or like artists from like history, we really think about them like 
taking really like ownership of the building or whatever piece of artwork that they decide to work on. And I haven't ever really heard about like them thinking about this is going to move beyond my own like timeline and that I'm trying to really like build it in a way so that other people can expand on it, which is what's happening with La Sagrada Familia right now. Um, so all of this really made me think about the concept that I would love to talk about for this episode, which is legacy. And the idea of how legacy is related to our identity and how it's related to our growth and whatever else that word legacy like brings up in us when we hear about it. Interestingly enough, I think the first time I was told of the word legacy was actually as a pre-med, which I'm like, that seems like such a big stretch. Like, what am I going to do as a pre-med? But I remember when I was applying to medical school and I was sitting down with one of the counselors and she said, you know, there's many people who they go in, they do these little projects here and there and they put that on their application. But the thing that's really going to make you stand out is when you create a legacy kind of like two things. One was, oh my gosh, I'm just a pre-med. I don't have the resources or whatever it is to establish a legacy. And two, the other thing that kind of bothered me in that sense was we're using legacy as a brand, right? But the more I think about it, I realize legacy is not necessarily something that you just start and finish. This might not be something that you're aware you're doing. You know, it's not a single task. It might be something over time you are building and putting together through your identity. I think that's a really great way to expand on it. You know, maybe one day you're looking back, you're going to be like, wow, I created this individual with so many aspects around them that create this one overlying image or idea that people can refer to, look up to, follow in your path. And I think that truly is what a legacy is. And I think that's where, whether it's through mentorship, whether it's through, you know, you being there as a person. I know the other day someone said, Lean, I really want to be like you. And I was like, what? What the heck does that mean? And they were saying, you know, you're going to conferences, you're educated, you know, you go around and you're always passionate what you're talking about and everything. And I just stopped for a second. I was like, is that me? Is that really me? And I guess that is when the first notion I was thinking is like, man, maybe I'm like starting to finally take the first steps towards building my own legacy in that regards. And it's something that I think is the opposite of what started out. It isn't a brand that I'm selling myself for, but in the end, it's something that I'm giving back to, right? Yeah. I think that was really well said, Lean, <clears throat> when you were talking about how your pre-med advisor was like telling you about like leaving a legacy, like definitely reminded me of a lot of what our admin like in the school of medicine say like they love to use these big like sexy words like legacy and like it is really about branding at the end of the day it's kind of interesting reflecting on like what that actually means in this conversation i feel like this is like a much more authentic space than like i guess the school of medicine creates because yeah a lot of it is about branding but more recently i'm about to like apply to residency. And I started to write my personal statement, spoiler alert, um, is kind of like centered on my mother's stories and kind of the legacy that she's like left for me in my journey and like my growth as a person who wants to go into women's health. And it just like had me thinking a little bit similar to like how you were saying lean is like, when we think about kind of just our growth through this journey in medicine or just like 
our journey through life, it's not this like start point and end point, but it's kind of just this ongoing journey. And I was starting to think about that a lot in reflecting about like my mother and how she's influenced kind of my purpose and my why. And a lot of it extends outside of medicine. But I just thought it was like a really interesting example of how like legacy is kind of just this broader thing that we think about in connection with our identity and just kind of the people that have influenced us in the past and how we pay it forward. So yeah. I think it's kind of how like when we were talking about how legacy can have like this role like with the branding, but then legacy can also have this role that's a bit more like healing. Um, Legacy is an interesting word because it can have two contexts, right? And I will admit the first like context that I really like thought about legacy was actually in the terms of legacy admissions. That was like the first time like I started hearing the word legacy a bit more like normally. And it's a legacy admissions for people who don't know. It's the idea that if you have parents who formerly went to this university or this college or um, have like contributed to it in a certain extent, you kind of have like a slight upper edge in admissions. And it's kind of something that has like pretty much like not the best connotation. When I think about it, I realize that like a lot of times legacy is kind of like what we make of it. And similarly, a lot of times when you think about legacy in the concept of branding, I feel like it's so weird because when you think about legacy as like creating a brand, it recenters on being really individualistic, really capitalistic. But the truth of the matter is I feel that if you transform it, it actually like pushes against the individualism and the capitalism because it really is about building the collective and recognizing that you are more than just like yourself. You are more than just this moment in time. I think like when I started understanding and like thinking about legacy and like the more like healing perspective, it was like very transformative for the way that I approached like activism and the way that I approached the work that I did because I always saw it instead of like me having to do the thing and like being successful at it. It was more like me laying down the foundations or the bricks so that other people can like build on it if that makes sense. I was just thinking as you were talking, you know, legacy, I feel like if you were to like lay it out against kind of your life map in a sense, right? It kind of goes through two phases. And I think the first one, you know, growing up, at least for instance, I'm going to kind of use my example. Growing up, you are a part of your parents' legacy per se. And I'm not saying this as like, oh, you're their kids and genetics and whatever. No, I'm saying this as they have a story that they built through, that they went through in order to get them to where they are. And then you were introduced into that story and you are a product of almost their footprints and how they went, right? For instance, my parents, you know, struggling to, and really like they fought for their education within Palestine and then they succeeded and they were able to be accepted into the graduate schools here in the U.S. And these are the historical experiences that shape our generation, you know, and that can go back into generational trauma. That's part of it. There can be generational experiences per se, where you see their struggle, you see how they had to go through, you saw the world against them. And now you're seeing this from the perspective of now I'm the individual going through these steps, but I was formed by their legacy, right? Their story that they left for me. And now here I am making my own footsteps based off of that. And I think that really just goes to show how for those who've had long-term standing of generational legacies, why we like tend to look up to them in society so much, you know, and you get these like big family names and these big projects and God knows what us. But I think for us, it's like, you know, on a much smaller level, we see 
wow, my parents did this and this is why I'm here, right? I always think like, what if they didn't leave? I don't know. Would I have gotten my bachelor's degree? I don't know what I would have you know, been like, right? It's crazy to see how now they've just established a whole new legacy in a whole new part of the world, right? So legacy, I feel like we can try to brand it. We can try to make it capitalistic. But true legacy is so much more than that. It's the one that gives you the butterflies in your stomach when you're sitting there and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm like talking to this person. Or I can't believe this story. Like, how do they go through this story? Or how did I end up here, right? I think that's where it really hits you. It's one of those words I feel like for some reason I'm thinking about like time a lot. And I feel that a lot of times concepts and words are like rooted in just one like aspect. We think about certain words with like the past, with like the future, with the present. But legacy is it's just so powerful because it kind of draws from the past to define who we are in the present, but also really like what we want to do like for the future. That sounds so epic. Just say like legacy transcends time. (laughs) Yeah, it really does, though. I feel like what you both said was just like, so I think it resonated a lot with me. Kind of just like I mentioned earlier, legacy for some reason is just like reminding me a lot of my mom. And I think it really is just kind of similar to how you were talking, Lean. It's just, I think specifically from the background of like coming from immigrant parents, we reflect a lot on like kind of just their story and their community and like how we've carried that through. Because I think when we were young, it was kind of communicated to us that the expectation, at least in my experience, was to carry that forward in this new country. I was like thinking kind of just about how it is powerful when you see people from your community and you hear their stories and you kind of think about this like concept of legacy. And like, for me, it was my mom's stories, but also it's like been seeing other Afghan people like in medicine or just like Afghan people forming community like in the States and like how powerful that feels, but also simultaneously, like how complicated that feels too with like, you know, being this generation that is kind of upholding this legacy, but like it obviously looks so different (laughs) than the generations prior and like carrying also the expectations of what the prior generation would like that legacy to look like. Uh, versus how we as like this generation carrying out the legacy kind of transform it, if that makes sense. I feel like this is a really deep conversation. It's hard to put into words, but something I have been feeling a lot is just as like an Afghan woman in medicine who wants to like practice medicine in a very specific way, giving back to not only my community, but other communities of color. It's just like interesting because it's very different than like my parents' pursuit of education and their goals or the generation prior. And I guess when you're carrying that forward, sometimes you get stuck and you're like, am I doing this right? (laughs) For lack of a better word. I don't know. But that brings up a good point. At what point do we make legacy constraining? At what point do we make legacy a privilege? At what point do we make legacy to be something that prevents development of your own self-identity. And I think that's where we start getting the whole privilege circle coming in and the whole, you know, oppressive circles coming in. And that's where we have to be very careful. And and it's hard. It's really hard because legacy by its name means you work very hard to establish Mm -hmm. what this is as a story. The next part of that is let's work really hard to make sure that this part of our story that we work so hard of does not become oppressive. Yeah. I think we can always, like, I really do believe in, like, the transformative power, but it comes down to how you really center it. And when you, like, center it on societal expectations or, like, these, like, undefined rules that, like, still, like, exist and are, like, floating in the 
air, it can be really stifling. But when you try to like really like take that word and like take the connotations and take all the like associations and breaking it down into pieces per se, you can really look deep into it. I like to center a lot of like my like thoughts on love and on community and on healing. And I think that's like is like the way I check myself when I feel like the societal like pressures and burdens are like pushing me to be a bit more like going on the more like oppressive route, the more capitalistic route, the more like very like burdened route. And when I think about legacy as like, we like want to carry our family's legacy out of love. We want to continue or the legacy of our ancestors. Like I like to think like that. I like have the blood and the soul of my ancestors running all throughout me. When I like think about like going from like there with like thinking like, I want to do all of this out of love. I want to like build community and create legacy for the future out of love. It kind of like helps me kind of think about different ways to approach it. That story reminds me more of the idea of our personal individual legacies that we're currently working to build within ourselves. And I think going through these things that we start to think is what I'm doing currently in medicine going to lead me down that path where I will be able to build something that I will look back at and be proud at, but also be able to be influenced for others to be able to, you know, use my footsteps in order to kind of help them as well. I think sometimes that's really nerve wracking because the medical training by its nature is very standardized to some degree in the sense that residents, I feel like across the nation, we can talk about how we all have the same experiences, lack of sleep, work, charting, patients, and you know, the cycle goes on and on. And I think my biggest struggle during residency was realizing, well, where do I come in? Where does my individual pursuit of why I did this to myself come in? I didn't go into medicine necessarily to be like this, to be just a cycle of work, shift work and see the same thing over and over again. And I thought, well, I went into medicine for a very big reason in my personal endeavors. You start to lose that part of yourself within the training. When you get back to those transverse points where you're trying to reapply, thinking of what's the next step in my career? What's the next step in my future? Because ultimately medicine is very future binding. I mean, it's one of those careers that it is very much going to be tied to all aspects of your life. And so, you know, you try to say, okay, am I making the right, right next choice? Am I making a choice that's going to make me happier in medicine and hopefully happier in life? And these are like legacy turning moments that I think looking back on, we don't, we are very stressed about, but you know, 10 years from now, you look back and you're like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Or that was really life changing, right? Yeah. I also think kind of just like going back to like when you're in these moments of big life changes, it's also okay for your legacy to change. I think about like what my goals were going into medical school and they're very different now, just four years later, applying into residency. And I'm sure they're going to be a lot different when I finish residency and go into my career. And so it's just kind of like an evolving, ever shifting thing, like, especially as like, it pertains to medicine, I think. I don't know. I think I feel this a lot. Like, I feel like I'm obligated to leave a certain legacy as like a woman of color in medicine or like with my different like backgrounds and identities and values. And it's funny how we really like try to confine ourselves to like what we really believe in and like things that we value, which I think is a very beautiful thing, but it's also just always evolving and changing. And this is kind of like what I was alluding to prior, like with the 
previous generations, like with my mom specifically, I go back to her a lot um, as I was talking about just like reflecting on her experiences. My mom, very similar to your parents, Lean, was really big on education. And the reason she was is because she had to leave pharmacy school in Afghanistan when she came to the States, like she was lucky enough to pursue education again, but it wasn't what she wanted because of difficult life circumstances, because of finances and things like that. And she was so proud when I got into medical school because she envisioned like, this is the next generation. This is my daughter. And she's going to like, is a doctor. And, you know, I think I internalized a lot of her expectations of like what she wanted in me. And I too was proud about like being a doctor and being like this person in my community that's able to like serve in this role. But then also like the things that I want out of my life, especially as I'm like going further in training are like not medicine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely understand that. And this is the thing. Like I come from like, again, a generation that like has more opportunities to grow and explore and do other things. And those are things that aren't necessarily mutually exclusive to what my mother and the generations prior perceive for us. It, It is kind of hard sometimes when you're thinking about like what you truly want and like how you feel kind of obligated in a sense to like pay certain things forward based on like the prior generation. And again, like I'm really speaking mostly from like the perspective of like my own community and my family. And it definitely looks different with different communities and and things like that. But with this like concept of legacy, it feels so empowering, but it also sometimes feels very like restricting in a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard. And I think especially in medicine, I think it also comes back this perspective that a lot of people like in our society, especially when you're in the medical field makes like the career, like everything about you. And it's one of the things that I've been trying to like in a lot of conversations that I've had with like people that I now currently meet as a lot of times I say like, you know, I think where I go to college and what I do for my career, like being in medicine should be the least interesting things about me. I think that there's so much more to who I am than that. But I think that's like what a lot of people want to like center on and trying to define. It's also like it's what a lot of people like when I got into the college that I got to and when I like became a doctor, a lot of people like to say, wow, you're building on your family's legacy. You're living the American dream. That's like what a lot of people like to like put into like my perspective and personality because I also came from a family of immigrants. I came from a single parent household. It's like very easy to kind of create this like narrative in a way, like this story about who you are and to kind of create yourself. It's like very easy to fall into that. And it felt like hard because it's sometimes like when I was in college, I often felt like I had to be a certain person because of all the legacies that was like holding on to me. And I burnt out really quickly. And I think when I approached medical school, I started going, you know, like, I'm just gonna kind of like, take things in stride and see where things lead me. And like, I kind of started centering things like for my legacy, I started centering things on less like big things. And I started centering like, this is just like what I'm doing. This is just a part of my career is less like important and that my legacy like extends into other things than just like medicine. It extends into like the things that I'm passionate about, the things that 
make me joyful and happy. It extends into like the ways I interact with loved ones and the ways that I interact with not loved ones and my enemies um, <laughs> and all of that. What I've currently started trying to work on is like, I've just been trying to like go on runs like in nature. Like I like in SF, I'm like really close to the Embarcadero. So like I'm running by the sea, right? And when I do that, it makes me realize that just existing in this moment and being able to like enjoy the sea and to think about how beautiful it is and thinking about, oh, when my mom like comes here, I want to show this to her or like when anyone I love comes here, I want to show it to them. I like kind of started realizing that that little thing was kind of building a legacy too. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I know it's like, that was a huge ramble and tangent. It's just you both like sharing your beautiful, like really beautiful words just made me start no, thinking about it. Dude, that was like the most beautiful thing I've heard all week. And yeah. I want to cry because it honestly was so validating. This just became a therapy session. <laughs> I love how like we started out trying to figure out what like legacy meant and all that. And then we come to a close on this is what it means to us. And yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. Seriously. I really do. Yeah. I love the part where you said, you know, when you see something's beautiful, you just want to show it to your mom. You want to show it to someone you love. And I think that all the time too. Yeah. I'm like, you know, when I'm in the city, I'm like, I really wish I could show my brother this. I'm thinking, you know what? Legacy for me at the end is that I'm able to show the people that I love the things that I'm experiencing, you know, look where I was able to go and let me show you what this is. And to just experience life at its fullest in that moment. Yeah. And obviously, legacy is not something we always set the standard. It's sometimes just what happens when someone reads your story. But I think the little moments are the true parts of where you get to experience your legacy is where you get to show people around you life, essentially. Yeah, I just think that's so beautiful. I just want to cry. Because I'm, I'm legitimately like emotional. <laughs> you cry, I'll cry. I'm just going to just be super vulnerable here. Like I've been in a lot of distress because applying to residency, you have to like put a whole bunch of stuff on your application that I'm sorry, is frankly just BS. Like it's just, you're showcasing yourself and you're kind of like, a lot of it feels really inauthentic. You're listing how many things you've published. There's parts of it that can feel empowering and authentic when you're like talking about your story and your personal statement. But I think something that like, I've really struggled with in this application cycle is like, what do I want from this process? And like, the, I know these are the things that I love and value, but like I'm in this system that ultimately like doesn't feel always like super authentic. And I try to like sound as authentic as I, as I can um, on my application. But in reality, there are some things that programs look for, right? And there are some boxes that you have to check and not just specific to our school, but like any space, like a medical school, when people talk about diversity work or like DEI work, they look to the people of color and there's this weird sense of obligation that POCs in those spaces have to like perform and like do specific things and care about specific things. And I think what ends up happening is we internalize a lot of that obligation and we get like so burnt out in it. And at least for like me, I felt like I lost a part of myself in kind of like living in this like bubble of a system and like feeling like as a person of color in medicine, I needed to do X, Y, and Z. But things that have been kind of centering me a little bit more recently is just thinking about the things that bring me joy. And a few days ago, this is why I was about to cry. A few days ago was my dad's birthday. Um, and he passed away like when I was a senior in high school. And every single year, I try to do something to commemorate his birthday. But I happened to be on nights. I was like on my sub eye and I was on nights. I wasn't really able to do anything for his birthday. And 
today I'm actually like this conversation has like motivated me to actually do something to commemorate him. And I just think that it's those little things that have like kept me like true to who I am in this process. And I know that sounds kind of weird and maybe detached from our conversation of legacy, but it was just something that I was like feeling as how I was talking. It's so easy to get like lost in like what you feel obligated to do based on like your experiences and your identity. And it's hard sometimes to feel connected to like the joy of living. And I think that's like a very powerful way to like live your life. And I think that's in its own way, just like living out like this legacy, right? It's experiencing mm-hmm. the joy. No, I don't think it's a little thing. I think that's actually very, I think it's a very big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really beautiful, Mariam. I think you should do something. You should I absolutely am. do something. Yes, do I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to either do donuts or ice cream or pizza. That was like my dad's favorite American foods. All of them. Oh, I'm going to do all, 100%, all of them. Cupcakes. All of them. Cupcakes. The sad part is he's not, he wasn't a big cupcake person. I'm the cupcake person. It's tragic. Unfortunate. We'll share your passion with his passion. Yeah, that's cupcakes. Legacy, exactly. legacy building here. Legacy building. He might have loved cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> therapy session I loved that my computer's like literally about to die yes well let's wrap things up before Lean disappears in the (laughs) abyss thanks to her computer well okay well thank you to our listeners for listening to our season finale for season 6 woo um that was such a pathetic movie. <laughs> I love her. That was great. I, I, I just cringed as I heard it. Um, thank you to our listeners. I had such a great time um, this past season recording with you guys. And stay tuned for our next season. As always, follow us on Instagram at Bundle of Hers if you're not already following us. And then, you know, look for us on any podcast streaming app situation. I never know how to say this part. But, you, you know, our generation knows how to find podcasts. Spotify, Apple, all the things. We have a website. You could also look there. Anyways, um, yeah. We'll see you guys next season. Bye. Bye. Season eight's going to be great. It's season seven. Seven. (laughs) But eight, I'm sure. If we get to eight, we'll be great. Seven's going to be heaven. Heaven. (laughs) Eight's going to be great. We're just working on cheesy, cheesy rhymes. I'm a rapper in my downtime. fine. Nine's gonna be fine. Oh, look at that. Gonna be, I don't know. 